Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> How are you, Molly Glenn? Yeah, boy! <laughs> Let me just turn the heater off. Oh, turn the heater off. Oh, I'll go and close the door. Hold on. Okay. Let me just go and close the door. Okay, and I'll turn the heater off. Blooming dogs can open the door. I wish they could learn to close it. <laughs> and make a meal. And make a meal, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> the only heat source I've got in this room is hung at the window, which is my, <laughs> my, knee, oh. my knee blanket. Oh, why are you all cold? Freezing, man. Have you got your heating on? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. How'd you fold that? How do you afford it? How do you afford that? Well, well, we call it heating. It's burning the furniture <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the room. One of the stools is currently alight. It's in the middle of the room, so we call it central heating. Oh, good! <laughs> oh, 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 on fire! Oh, it's going to be a good one today. <laughs> Actually, just while we're chatting, let me just put the heater back on. I'm so cold. I've got it on my knees. Well, you've got the heater on your knees? Yeah, I've got um, the little Dyson... Air blower heater oh, I on think. your legs. Ooh. Just until we start, start. <laughs> fan eater on your knees. So, sorry? Fan eater on your knees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I misheard. <laughs> oh. Forgot to put the knob up. <laughs> Molly Green and Darren Rudge. Alan, Alan, it's Molly and Darren. Hello, Molly and Darren. Hello, oh, you, you recognise us? I do, I do. Yeah, sure you do. The Happy Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Happy Garden podcast with myself, Molly Green. Hello, you. And, and I think this does deserve another drum roll, we have... Darren Rudge. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. <laughs> Darren. Uh, welcome to podcast number fourteen. Uh, now, Dazzler, how was your week? I thought about you since the last time we spoke seven days ago. We have had minus fives, minus fours, minus fives. Oh. We have had torrential rain. How's it been being a gardener in this weather? Planting. 
It's been really wet. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> uh, now, what we're doing on Hoppy, uh, in Hoppy on the Hoppy uh, Garden Podcast number fourteen, an, an awful lot of stuff sort of Christmassified to get through. I know you're going to be doing something on Poinsettia purchase and care a little bit later on. Yes, and also as well, looking after your Christmas tree while it's, it's indoors, rooted or cut. We had a question in the week, Darren, from a lady who bought a living tree, but she thinks it might have been dug up and put in a pot that doesn't quite fit and she's kind of unsure what to do now. I've had a, a fair few sort of Christmas care questions in for you so you're also going to do a little slot on that. Yeah, caring for your Christmas tree folks, uh, definitely a fitter slot in there and buying poinsettias and looking after your poinsettia and once you've got it home <laughs> And also keep your receipt something we'll be talking about a little bit later on. Uh, the third slot of Darren's, the Gardener's World live interview which you conducted this week. I was very pleased with you, Darren. You took your muff along. You did a good performance. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, who we, let us know who you're talking to. We'll play it in a little while. Yeah, we were talking to Bob Sweet, who is the show, uh, horticultural show director for BBC Gardeners World Live, and Lucy Tremlett, who's basically the show manager but has a really fancy title that even now I can't remember, but she tells us about it on my little interview slot today. Oh, so I have written it down. Mm. Oh, I, have written, I have written it down. Wait a second. <laughs> one of my copious piles of paper. Lucy Tremlett, um, Head of Horticultural Division at Gardeners World Live. That's it? Yes. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's one of those. She's a lovely, lovely lady. They both are. So we'll be playing out a little bit of that interview. Uh, a little bit later on. As always, Dazzler, you've got jobs and jokes and the Christmas cracker. Molly and Darren's oh, Christmas yes. cracker. What are we doing? Well, we've got a gardener's gift basket today, Molly. Oh, God. Just a... <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had one of those, haven't I? You've had one of those, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. With out-of-date seeds. Well, that's... Uh, do you know what I'm looking at now in the podcast room, right in front of me here, under the computer? I don't those, know. those flipping um, dwarf beans that we're going to plant in the spring that are 40 years out of date. See mm. if they germinate. If they do germinate and grow, all will be forgiven. <laughs> Do you know what's what? next to the 40-year-old dwarf French beans? What? Guess what's next to it on the desk. What could be next to the 40-year-old dwarf bean? It's Molly's Mouse Update! <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's a dropping. Oh, lovely. That's what's next to it. There you go. There you go. Guess how many I've caught now. Mm-hmm. 55. I think it's the same mouse. <laughs> 55 times. I think he's bringing his friends with him now, though. <laughs> anyway, right, shall we commence, as always, shall we start the Happy Garden podcast with some jobs for the week ahead? Jobs for the week ahead, most definitely Molly Green. Oh, I say, you can tell it's getting close to Christmas. Darren's got his festive music out for the Happy Garden podcast jobs of the week. Go on, Darren. Tell us what to do. Yeah, go on, Darren. Well, check young trees to ensure they're not developing a forking habit. This is where they start to develop 
two forks at the top of the stem, OK? Um, because on a really breezy day, folks, they can split. So you want to prune one out. So the one that's the straightest, uh, keep, and the one that's not, actually prune out, OK? Prune lower branches off trees, uh, although not cherries, OK, because they will bleed. Uh, this will allow more light into those plants that we actually keep for the winter. Uh, delay tree planting if the ground is very, very wet, as water around the root zone is not good for plants. And roses can be pruned any time now. Your bush roses, your climber roses can be planted too. Put out some a few pansies and winter cyclamen, put a bit of winter colour in your containers and use some evergreen plants to give the life to garden close to the house entrance. More jobs to come in a little while. That was great. Thank you very much, Darren. It's weird, isn't it? Well, it's not weird. It's called nature. How different the gar your gardening is week to week. Last week, you couldn't actually put a spade in the ground. It was so frozen. This week, you know, keeping off the lawns. Do the jobs you say, but tentatively, in case you slip. <laughs> Sorry. On the mud. <laughs> Mrs. Darren's just... Trying to creep across the room. Oh, was that, was that Mrs. Darren or the dog? That was the dog. I thought. <laughs> Has she been out shopping? Is she? She's been out shopping. Yeah, in her new toy. In her new toy. Oh yes, the car. Oh yes. That's see? fantastic. Now, do you want to go? Yeah, yeah a, a new Jaguar. Yeah, a new Jaguar. yeah. I've had a picture and everything. Pace, are you jealous? I am jealous. He still needs to cook you a meal, though. Even though he's bought you a Jaguar, he still <laughs> needs to cook. Tell us. Oh, she can't hear me. No, no, you're oh, talking how, to... How convenient for you. Yeah. <laughs> how convenient for you, Darren. She'll have to listen in. Molly says, you, I still need to cook you a meal. <laughs> anyway, we carry on. <laughs> Shall we press on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> on our Westminster leather seats. <laughs> Honestly. I don't know if I'll leave that in because it might make you sound like a quite a. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> what a. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> the Happy Garden Podcast. I'm Adam Frost, and you're listening to the Happy Garden Podcast with Molly Green and. That Darren Rudge fella. We'll be doing some poinsettia care very, very shortly here on the Happy Garden podcast. Shall we, though, Darren, start with a question? Yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah. This is from Esme. Now, Esme, I'm so sorry. God love her. She she actually um, emailed this in whilst we were recording last week's pod. So she's, she's waited ages for this because we, we didn't have time to slot it in. Well, I didn't see it till after we'd recorded last week's pod. So, Esme, this is for you. It says, Malt Darren. I live in Ayrshire on the west coast of Scotland and I am an avid listener of the podcast. Thank oh, you very much. Thank you. My question is for Darren. Is it safe to make leaf mould with sycamore leaves that have been affected by tar spot? I am just concerned that when I use the leaf mould, other plants might be infected. Thank you both so much for the brilliant podcast with my very best wishes, Esme. Hi, Esme. Hi, Esme. Well, first of all, I like your name. I love the name Esme. That's, pretty, isn't it? That's just really, really pretty, yeah. That's <laughs> just thought I'd say that. It is really pretty. Now, now if you make leaf mould with um, sycamore leaves that have tar spot on them, by the time they've made the leaf mould, if you let it break down totally and utterly so it looks like soil, there'll be no problem at all. 
because actually the composting process that you put them through when you make your leaf mould will actually kill any fungal disease. So there is no problem at all with you making leaf mould uh, with sycamore leaves that might have tar spot on there because by the time they, they make leaf mould, it's going to be at least seven or eight months, depending on the method that you actually use, before you actually use this, um, this stuff, then uh, not a problem at all. Now, normally I'd advise put them into, you know, a bag for life, if you've got a bag for life, pop some bone meal in there, then a little bit of urine, okay, so tiddle on them and then tie that bag up and uh, basically leave them for around about 8 to 12 months and then you'll have some wonderful, wonderful stuff that you can actually use and utilise in and around your borders and in fact into your pots. You can make your own compost with it, okay? So there you go Esme, thank you for the question but uh, as long as you let it break down properly there will be no problem with um, tar spot actually transferring to other plants. 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 <laughs> now does Esme have to whittle on it or Mr Esme or any Esme it doesn't make any difference well it's Mr Esme really okay. that you need to tiddle on it because um, it, it's, it's the strong urine that you're looking for Blue job. at the end of the day Yeah, and uh, unfortunately ladies you are too caustic for the creatures you know the, the micro creatures that we need to actually encourage um, in your compost so that's why we don't no. use lady pee it's fine, fine by us I, I don't fancy you know tiddling in a bin bag it's fine put it on the blue job list <laughs> I suggest you do it into a bottle or a jar first oh yeah <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that <laughs> And just pour it in. That's not what. That's not the why neighbours might have something to say. <laughs> oh dear! Honestly, <laughs> I don't think laterally at all. <laughs> I can imagine. That's what I was imagining, and I thought, well, that's fine. I don't mind not doing that. <laughs> uh, Molly's weeing in the bin bags again. Oh dear. <laughs> Mental image. All right. <laughs> <laughs> also on the Facebook this week, Ian. Oh, this is so nice. The Happy Garden Podcast on Facebook. In fact, it's the Happy Garden Podcast everywhere. In fact, hang on. Let me let producer Dean tell you how to get involved. If you'd like to get in touch with Molly Green and Darren Rudge at the Happy Garden Podcast, then all you have to do is follow them on social media. Just search for the Happy Garden Podcast. If you'd like to send them an email at the Happy Garden Podcast, you can email the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. Can we say Happy Garden Podcast just one more time? The Happy Garden Podcast. So Ian on the Facebook. Molly Darren, be good to mention how important it is to put water out for the garden creatures as well as food. Uh, absolutely. When it was minus five, Darren, wow, I tried to smash the bird baths with a huge stick. Broke the stick. Yeah, and it is really, really important that they, they do actually get fresh water. So just defrost it with a little bit of hot water and then it'll, cold out, it'll cool down instantly. So uh, especially for birds, because birds are, you know, out there. They don't, they don't hibernate. So, um, and then you've got things like foxes and things like that that are wandering around as oh, well, haven't tell you? Me about so, it. Um, they do need a little bit of TLC. Um, so, yeah, really, really, really good point to mention that, you know, when we're tucked up nice and warm in our beds, 
that uh, creatures are out there still snaffling around and do need just a little bit of help uh, sometimes, especially when there isn't fresh water available. So, well done, Ian. It's a really good point to mention. And hopefully we've done it justice for you. But we should need, we do need to uh, look after the creatures that we've got in our garden and become part of this wider web. And that's what we need to do. And that's what we need to realise that we should be doing is becoming part of the wider web. We're not just a species on our own. We're a species within thousands upon thousands of species and we have to fit into the jigsaw puzzle, don't we, Moss? Oh, really well said. Um, however, Darren, it's not like me to have an however, uh, but I've already told you this because it happened last week and I love every single creature on God's earth. I, would, I literally, literally don't kill a fly, do I, Darren? It's, you know. No. Um, and we'd, I'd mentioned on the podcast two or three weeks back about seeing this fox in the garden during the daytime. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, a few days later... Um, oh, it was a, oh dear, it was somebody else had let the, uh, left the electricity off in the field. <clears throat> That's a whole separate thing. Um, so the lecky was off in the field, Fox got in and took one of my geese's head off, Madge, who's been here for 16, 16 and a half years. Um, so just as a, a word of warning, if you've got fowl, if you've got chickens, a lot of Happy Garden podcast listeners have chickens. This is the time of year where foxes, it's not their fault, it's nature. They are trying to make their winter larder. And you and I have spoken before, Darren, when it's happened here, the fox hasn't been in for a decade. We've been very lucky. Well, you know, we're, we're electrified. Um, they will kill everything they can see. And that's just a natural thing. They take their heads off um, because they'll come back later and, well, if you you know if the humans didn't exist, they would come back later and take them all and bury them. Foxes like rotted food. Foxes create a winter larder, which is why they kill everything they can see. They down everything to come back later to get it to bury it, and that's them for the winter. So they're on the lookout for that at the moment. So if you do have little ones or birds, any sort of fowl in the garden, it's just one to be aware of. We're going to do something on chickens, aren't we? Come spring, Darren. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. and it's I mean, your passion. Oh, chickens is, yeah. is wonderful. And by the way, I need some more eggs. So Well, you can't. <laughs> oh. No, really, I've had so many people text me. Are they laying still? Oh, Darren! <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that did make me laugh. Was that in the last podcast, the off-leg? it was, was yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky if I get an egg a day. Now, or that, oh, that reminds me, that's why we were talking about it, because I said they might be off-leg because the fox is around and they know the fox is around. Mm. Uh, so, um, yeah, so sadly that's happened to me this week. Just be vigilant, as I say, it's um, it's just nature, isn't it, Darren? It's terribly sad if you're if you're their mom, but it's um, it's nature that that nature is gathering in for the winter, same as us, really. Yeah, most definitely. I watched a documentary the other day on bears. Oh yeah, and, 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 and I, mean, I think we're really lucky not to have bears in this country because they they tend at, the, at this point in time where bears exist uh, to go into towns and villages because uh, towns and villages, uh, especially in America, have got McDonald's and things like that. Mm. And there was a fascinating uh, clip of this bear walking into McDonald's, actually Joking. into the store itself, yeah, and just having a wander around and people just scattering. I mean, this was a big black bear. They, they just they just scattered because <laughs> it wanted its hamburger and French fries. <laughs> Which one kills you? Is it brown or black bear? I've got no idea. I wouldn't want to wait around yeah, and find you? out. Would you? Either. No, but, no, no. But they're just scavengers. scavengers. And the uh, big thing that this uh, researcher was trying to tell us was that uh, bears that in inhabit sort of areas around towns and cities put on 50% more weight at this time than uh, bears that 
are trying to uh, put on weight in in the natural environment, so they're they're bigger and fatter and getting ready for hibernation. So, uh, wow. so there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just nature this time just of nature. year. Have you got your phone on you? Yeah. I've just forwarded you something that my brother-in-law, who lives in Brisbane in Australia, has just sent me. You got it. Oh no. That was in his, <laughs> that was in his bathroom this morning. No. Uh, Fair-sized huntsman! Exclamation mark. He says. I wasn't trying to clean its teeth. I'm just giving you some scale, he says. And he's put a toothbrush next to it, and it is most of the size of a toothbrush. That's his dressing gown it's on, Darren. That's the reason why I don't live in Australia. (laughs) That is probably bigger than my microphone muff. So you're right, we are lucky to live here. As much as we moan about the weather. I mean, you couldn't get that into a glass, could you? Uh, Oh, wait, there was one other, there was a little, it was Ian on Facebook, there was a little codicil to Ian's message. Yeah. I caught our resident squirrel in the bird bath doing backstroke molly. I asked him why, and he said it was, uh, well, it was to keep his nuts dry. (laughs) Thanks, Ian. Okay. Uh, and also on Facebook. Now, this leads nicely into your poinsettia slot because Joanne dropped us a little message. Hi, Joanne. Um, I don't think I forwarded you this, did I? It was a, a, no. She'd taken a photo. It was on, it's on the Facebook, I think. Saw yeah. this in Aldi, Molly, Joe, and it says, big sign in Aldi next to the poinsettias that says in big letters, do not put in cold drafts or near to heaters. Well done, Aldi. Well done, well Aldi. Well done, Aldi. However, do you want to do your Sainsbury's story before we launch into oh, how to yeah. look after them properly? Well, well yesterday yes. I was out in doing stuff mm. and went in for my lunch to go and buy a sandwich. Okay, and uh, I thought let me I'd stop boss. you there. Okay, why don't you make one? Save you some money <laughs> before you leave. <laughs> I haven't got time to do that. Oh, Darren, <laughs> as you were. Plus, Mrs. Darren wasn't up. Unbelievable. So. Go on. <laughs> Here she is. So, um, so <laughs> she just walked in. She's come to get her phone. Mrs. Darren wasn't up. Your phone's just gone off. And spoilt the podcast this week. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> spoilt the podcast. <laughs> I'll have a coffee. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Back to the poinsettias. So do not put them in cold drafts or near to heaters. Well done. Yeah, we just clapped, haven't we? Yeah, well done, Aldi. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well done. So I walked into Sainsbury's yesterday. I was looking around for some, some fruit or something to have for my lunch. And basically, on top of the fridges, lined out poinsettias, Molly. Unbelievable. So, I mean, not just one or two. <laughs> there's probably 40 or 50 yeah, been right poinsettias. Yeah, yeah. It was a lovely display of dead plants. Oh, God. Well, they were already dead. Yeah. So whoever purchased those, good luck to you, because they're dead. Well, we ought to explain, haven't we? For anyone who hasn't heard us, or you specifically, well, we both we both moan about this every single year, have done for a long, long time. Just explain why, sort of their origins and, and why they can't get chilled and what happens if they do get chilled, even for well, a second. Well, it's quite simple. They come from Mexico. So, you know, Mexico is very, very warm all of the time. If temperature is reduced below 13 degrees Celsius, then they get chilled or any draft or any chill 
actually kills them. It will kill them. It will shock them so much that they will just curl up and die. That is the point. So um, if you buy from retailers that pop them on the top of fridges. Um, open or leave... fridges as well. Open yeah. chillers. Yeah, open chillers. They, they weren't closed door chillers. You know, it was the sort of chillers where they, they pop the, um, the fruit and things like that. Or next to doors that are opening and closing so it goes cold and then hot. Those poinsettias are dead. Or trolleys outside, which is the worst. Trolleys, trolleys outside. outside. Terrible. But the, this time of year. The thing is, though, we must absolutely reiterate to keep your receipt because we're saying, oh, they're dead, they're dead. They look splendid at the point of sale. They look amazing. It's three or four or five days later where the leaves fall off and you end up with a twig. But it's like the perfect crime, isn't it, Darren? Because when they're sold, they look amazing, even though the process of them dying has already started. Keep that receipt. Oh, most definitely, because you always blame yourself. And actually, what you should do is take it back to the retailer and ask for a refund yeah. or ask for, uh, you know, a new point setting. It's simple as that. Those leaves should not be falling the week you get them home. As Darren said, if they are, it's not your fault. It's the shock they've been through. But we also ought to say, even if the shop has done its bit, even transporting them from the shop to the car, they're always in a little jacket, aren't they? But sometimes that can't be enough. You've just got to be really careful with them. And the other big point is, don't do any more shopping when once you purchase your poinsettia, because if you get it to the car, that's fine, but leaving it in the car while you go and do another couple of hours of Christmas shopping, again, it gets chilled and uh, it's dead. Uh, it's as simple as that. As soon as you buy your poinsettia, make sure it's well wrapped, make sure you get it home as soon as possible and into a nice, warm, centrally heated environment that's above 13 degrees Celsius. Once they are home, Darren, and say a week has passed and you haven't got a twig, so they have been looked after at point of sale, which is great, and they are now in your care, then what? Well, you need to put them into a bright place, out of direct sunlight, so they like lots of light, but out of direct sunlight, and they prefer a humid environment. So if, if you haven't got a humid environment, you can actually just mist them uh, every day. So just get your mister and just give them a quick spray. Be careful not to spray too much on the foliage if you can. Better to fill a shallow tray, actually, underneath. Uh, just pop some pebbles in it, and then the water will just literally evaporate in the room itself. Be careful not to overwater your poinsettia. You should only water it when the soil start, uh, starts to dry out. And you, I do, I call it the rule of thumb. So pop your thumb on the compost and it feels dry, then give it a little bit of water, but don't overwater. They don't like it saturated. They like to be a little bit underwatered, actually. If your leaves start to turn yellow, it's a really, really good sign that actually it's been too watered. Uh, yellow leaves really is a massive sign that you overwatered your plants and you should be able to diagnose this as I said by using your actual finger never ever leave it sitting in water the amount that you actually water will depend on the temperature of the house obviously if it's snug and it's really warm around and you keep your house at 20 degrees or above tropical you'll need to be watering more often and that's about it really um, they're no more difficult than that actually so keep them out of direct sunlight certainly don't put them on windowsills mm. because the temperature drop, drop there especially if you close the curtains at night, will kill them. And then just water when you feel the compost actually drying out. Pop them onto a pebble tray so that, so, so that water can evaporate naturally and keep the atmosphere around them humid. 
Do you know, I might just reiterate and slip that in again, Darren. Um, for, for all plants, because you, you've mentioned this historically, the windowsill, as pretty as it is, once, if you've got curtains, once those curtains are closed, as Darren always says, the temperature, the difference between the temperature caught between the window and the curtains and the temperature in your room is huge. In essence, you're putting them in a bit of a fridge, and that's for, for all plants, isn't it? Yeah, it can be up to five degrees difference between the room temperature Gosh. and the temperature on the actual uh, windowsill itself. So don't do it. It's as simple as that. Don't do it, kids. Especially with a poinsettia, it'll die. I've changed my kitchen. I love my kitchen windowsill, Darren. It gives me so much pleasure. It really reflects the seasons. Um, And this week I did go and get big blousy cyclamen from the garden centre down in Studley. It was great because, I don't it's fine to mention it, Castle Nurseries down in Studley. They quite often have free plants. In fact, they had free pineapples at the the door this week. Anything that's going a little bit manky or they can't be bothered to sort of, you know, tend and get back is free at the door. And there was lots and lots of uh, big blousy. They'd gone a little bit mouldy by the crown, but only a little bit. So uh, they were free, got them home, took out that mould, put a little bit of fresh compost, and because um, I think they were four ninety nine each, and I got five free ones. Excellent. Well, that's great, isn't it? It is. And what more could you want? So I've got tiny, weeny little Christmas trees and a bit of tinsel, so the kitchen windowsill looks lovely. And it will be for, what, two or three months? And then, of course, this is looking way ahead, but when all that goes and the daffodils and the tete-a-tetes come... Well, I mean, that's miles away, but, you know, when the season turns into spring, as I say, that's a long, long way away. Well, Darren, maybe after... Christmas. I've already semi-booked the Forestry Commission to talk about what to do with Christmas trees post-Christmas. Um, maybe you'll do a... For those that do want to see a poinsettia through till next year, uh, for me personally, I can't be bothered. And I, ha- I have... <laughs> this is awful to say to you, but you know I had a poinsettia for years that just wouldn't die! Uh, as much as I tried to kill it, it would not die. And where do you put it? This half monkey twig. But for those that do want to see Poinsettia through to next year, you will do a little masterclass on, on that as well, post-Christmas? Yeah, well, in their own country, Mexico, they are weeds. So poinsettias are yeah. weeds. Basically, yeah, we'll do a nice little slot to say, if you want to keep your poinsettia, mm. which, of course, is a money-saving tip, well, um, yeah. then basically I'll tell you how to do it and get it through so that it will flower again the following season, uh, you know, the following Christmas. If you can be bothered. If you've got somewhere to put it. Problem with me, Darren, you've seen my place. I have so many plants. I've got nowhere to put them. It's like a tropical rainforest, <laughs> your, your place. <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> so next we're going to be hearing from our Dazzler chatting to Bob Sweet, Bob and Lucy, the show director and the manager of BBC Gardeners World Live, show that's coming to the Birmingham NEC next year. After... What should we do? Some jokes? Yes, let's do jokes. Do you want one from me first? Go on, then. I like to set the pace. Go on, then. Darren, what did the beaver say to the Christmas tree? I have no idea, Molly. What did the beaver say to the Christmas tree? It's been nice gnawing you. (laughs) Now in the happy garden. It's about time for some Alan Titters. Brace yourself for your gardening jokes of the week from Darren Rudge. Right then, let's see if you can raise a bigger titter. Yourself. Well, I've gone a bit Christmassy because oh. it is nearly Christmas mm-hmm. with my jokes for this week, cool. uh, Mrs. Green. So the first one I've got for you is: uh, What do you call a snowman in the summer? Water. A puddle. Oh yeah, same sort of thing. Good. <laughs> Good. Number one. What happened when the shy snow girl 
ditched her snow boy. Ooh, I couldn't possibly imagine. She gave him the cold shoulder. Oh, good, Darren. Ah. Yep, two. Where do snowmen go to dance? Something to do with a ball, I'd have thought. Oh. Oh, Snowballs! Oh, I ruined that. I, you ruined I that really one. should play along. Three. What do you get when you cross a vampire with a snowman? Oh, I don't know. Frostbite. Good. Best so far. <laughs> Finally, number five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just five today. Yeah, there's only five today. Okay. Why did Santa's elf take the day off work? Why did Santa's elf? Lazy beggar. Santa's elf. I don't know. He was suffering from tinselitis. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, I've just thought we've got uh, Molly and Darren's Christmas cracker coming up soon. Oh yes. Uh, crackers are in the living room. Shall I go and get them? Yeah, let's go and pull a cracker. Well, hang on, I a need cracker. to go. Cracker. Cracker. I need to go and a fetch crack. them. Shall I do a singing interlude? Let me fade this down. Go on then. I'll be back in a second. Okay. Be, you better be good. I'll be good. All right, okay. hang on. Be good, Darren. Okay. <gasps> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Wait. Right, she's back. Put my headphones on. I've got a cracker. That was a, what a did... bit, bit of a musical interlude. Has this finished yet? No, not yet. What mm. did you um, sing? I was singing Jingle Bells. Oh, were you good? It was semi-good, I would say. I don't know whether you've noticed, but in post-production, because I, yeah. I, I edit the Happy Garden podcast, I have put a small echo on your voice to make you sound good. Have you noticed? Oh, yes, I did. Have you? I did. Made me sound like I was in a club. <laughs> Made you sound like uh, Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> like, like I was a pub Like singer. you were in a club. <laughs> I don't know about that, Darren. A working men's club. Yeah, I was going to say, a social club, maybe. <laughs> Some sort of pub. <laughs> I love you, Darren. Pub singer. <laughs> so, uh, Daddy boo. Daddy boo. <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> Twit. Right, where are we? What sheet are we on two? Well, only on two. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what it's time for. What's that? Flipping adverts. Oh. <laughs> really, I'm sorry, everyone. We're trying to make some money, and nothing's coming through yet. So I don't even know why we've got adverts on it. To be honest, no one's paying us. But uh, no, oh, we was on about the central eating earlier, weren't we, Molly? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. We're, we're we're burning furniture in the middle of the room. That's why it's central eating. Yeah. Okay. The joke was funny the first time. But... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there are a few ads coming. You can just forward through them if you look at whatever, whether you're on Spotify or Amazon, wherever you're listening to us on the podcast, there'll be a little button where you can just flick through them. So if you don't want to listen, God's sake, don't tell Emirates, but <laughs> if you don't want to listen, you can just flick through them. And we'll see you in a moment. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And a very warm welcome back. Let's hear Darren's interview now with Bob Sweet, who is Horticultural Director of the BBC Gardener's World Live Show at the NEC, and Lucy Tremlett, who is Head of the Horticultural Division at the show as well. I think there's a little bit of a bromance going on between Darren and Bob. Now, Bob, you and I have had a little bit of a... a I was going to say a relationship, but that sounds a little <laughs> bit funny, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, we, we've had a, a sort of a long-term relationship. I mean, I think it's 22 years I've been it, involved in this show. I'm going to say, Darren, I'm trying to think a little bit earlier uh, how long it is since you've been involved with BBC Gardens World Live, but I can remember you in various guises, building <laughs> various show gardens, helping various students, and being... Dare I say it, sometimes extremely angry. <laughs> you used to have judges Me? involved. <laughs> yeah, there were a few judges that yeah. uh, uh, got my tongue lashing. They really did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we've been through some times, haven't we? I yeah. mean, it's been, it's been glorious. And it becomes obsessive, doesn't it? This garden lark really becomes very, very obsessive. But thank, thank you, thank you to, to both for maintaining the Midland show. Yeah, I mean, it is the Midlands show, but, um, you, know, you know, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for developing the show. The, the show, for me, has gone from strength to strength, particularly over the last five to, to, to ten years. Um, That's nice of you to say, Darren, but um, Birmingham deserves a show, and, and the wider area, of course, the West Midlands area, and... Um, I think BBC Gardeners World will always be committed mm -hmm. to have a major event in this area. And we take horticulture quite seriously. I mean, we, we do always think about what we call editorial content. It's not about trying to fill up and sell space for people to come and flog things. We really do want to hold an event that has genuine interest Lots of things that people can learn, uh, things that you can talk about, uh, things that we certainly, Lucy and I have been really, really proud of some of the uh, gardens and some of the exhibits we've had in the show. Um, it, you know, everybody talks about Chelsea, don't they? But this is um, the equivalent in the West Midlands. And you're entirely right. That, that's, that's entirely the way that I look at it, and it is 
the Chelsea of the West Midlands. <laughs> and it's a fantastic show. You were telling us earlier, uh, Lucy, 91,000 people attended yeah. the show last year. Mm-hmm. So are you looking to increase that this year? I mean, always. We're always looking to welcome more people. I think, as Bob was saying, there's something special about this show, and it is a real Midlands, West Midlands, and, and wider audience. You know, it's locality, but it's inclusive. And that's the point of the BBC Garden's World brand. It's accessible to all. You can come. There's a snippet of the show that was really relatable to you. You can take home those ideas. You can take home some of the advice that you've learned. You can take home a sausage roll from the BBC Good Food Show. And the idea is that the show is for everybody. And that's what we always strive for each year. Whenever we're looking at, okay, what should we have in the show this year? What's our content? What's our stories? They've always got to be relatable. They've always got to be going back to our visitors and why they would want to see it. So, yeah, that's really important to us. And it's, it's, it's that, that thing, isn't it, about it being personal and people can come in and they can actually take something away. And I think BBC Gardeners World Live in particular in Birmingham... Um, it is a show where you can come in, you can be intimate with plants and people mm-hmm. and take something home. Now, there's two other shows that have joined the Gardener's World um, little um, set, isn't there? Um, uh, tell us about those, Lucy, because there's a spring okay. show and there's the autumn there show, is, isn't there? Yeah, so, well, over a horrible time that was going on, which was uh, the pandemic and lockdown, we were having a think about um, what do people want from shows moving forward and I think the big thing is that sometimes as brilliant as the Birmingham show is it is at a um, it, well, it's at the National Exhibition Centre so there is some brilliant infrastructure but there's something lovely about hosting a flower show in an outdoor um, beautiful site so we were looking at some different options and we decided that we would launch some shows either side of the seasonal calendar so one in spring and one in autumn and just off the back of lockdown in, in May 2021, we launched our first Gardener's World Spring Fair down in Bewley um, in Hampshire in the New Forest in a really beautiful setting. And that one has it's gone from strength to strength. We're about to go into our fourth year. We welcome now 25,000 people over the, the three days of that show. And it's almost Gardener's World Live, but in a slightly smaller format. So lots of amazing specialist growers, lots of small showcase and beautiful borders, and lots of garden trade to shop from. So it's a really, really beautiful boutique event. And very similarly, we launched one in the autumn season at the other end at a beautiful English heritage site called Audley End House and Gardens. Um, and that one, you know, comes with a few problems. It's on a bit of a slope and it's a, it's a total green site. So it takes a lot of infrastructure to come in. But again, it's in the heartland of a lot of our magazine subscribers. So Paul's a really keen gardening audience and a really, really lovely show. So we now have three under our belt. That's our Dazzler talking to Bob Sweet and Lucy Tremlett from BBC Gardeners World Live, the show which will be at the NEC 2024. Plenty more on that next year and plenty more, actually, of that interview. The week after Christmas, we'll be hearing from Bob talking about how judging is done at the show and also, more importantly for all of us, how we can enter even with no experience, the beautiful borders at the show. So more on that the week after Christmas. You're listening to The Happy Garden, Molly Green and Darren Roach. What What a load load of old manure. manure.
Now, Dazzler, should we get back to some questions? Yeah. Okay, any questions that you've got for Darren, it's the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com, or of course you can pop something on the Facebook, which again is the Happy Garden Podcast. So this is from Alan. This is a lovely question, Darren. I'm relatively new to gardening and to your podcast, and I want to thank you for making gardening quite fun. Love the laughter. My question is about a small patio apple tree that I was given last year as a birthday present. I threw away the tag when I potted it, thinking I would remember what it is, and now I can't. Yeah, we've all been there. I had four red apples on the tree this summer. It's in a fairly large pot and now most of the leaves have gone. I have no idea what I should be doing for it to get it over the winter. Any advice would help, Darren. Kind regards, and that's from Alan. Well, Alan, it's really simple. You don't have to do anything for for it because it's a hardy tree. It will lose its leaves because it's deciduous and it's gone to sleep for the winter. Just leave it alone. It'll be fine. It'll be back in the spring. And then you can start to give it a little bit of a water. Might need a little bit of a feed. Just use something like fish blood and bone just to scatter into the into the pot itself and then water it in, water it through. And that's it, really. Essentially, it might need a little bit of a prune. But if it's a new young tree that you've only planted this year, then um, leave it for a couple of years. But you don't really need to do anything for winter care. It doesn't need any protection. It's a hardy tree. So it, it, it will just be sitting there having a nice sleep, ready for the spring, when you'll find it'll bud through. As soon as you st- start to see buds starting to burst, then basically start to water it. And if I, if it was mine, and if I were you, I was going to say, I would give it a mulch as well. Now, I would use horticultural grit. This is really fine horticultural grit, and put about two inches on the top surface, and that will help retain the moisture in the pot as well. And that's really all that you actually need to do for this particular plant. I hope that helps, but um, very, very easy to look after. Thanks, Alan. It's nice, isn't it, having the, the patio varieties, the, the small yeah. standards, the... Is there a specific name for those fruit trees that are really little? I mean, you've got stepovers, That's which always fasc- fascinate one, yeah, me. Um, but you've got patio apples and pears and things like that as well that you can grow in pots. And mm. I think it is wonderful, Molly, because I think this moment in time, uh, we've never, ever been able to have so many plants at our disposal for all sorts of situations. So if you haven't got a massive garden, yeah. you can have really small apples and pears and plums that you can actually grow in pots or even... Uh, Walk over. That's what stepovers mean. You should be growing them in the ground, but able to step over them. You'd have to hurdle. You'd have to have a run up and a hurdle, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad, Ian, you think uh, we make horticulture accessible because yeah, that's, nice. that's our main aim uh, for doing this is to have a bit of fun and make people want to get involved. Thank you very, very much, Alan. All questions welcome from wherever you are on earth listening to the Happy Garden Podcast. It is the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com or pop us something on either Instagram, which again is the Happy Garden Podcast, or Facebook. Guess what that is, Darren? The Happy Garden Podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, yeah. will, you will find us. Right, shall we do Molly and Darren's Christmas cracker? Now I've fetched oh, one yes. from the living room. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, it's time to pull one of Molly and Darren's Christmas crackers. Well, let's find out. Cracker, 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 cracker. What do you want, the hat? Yeah. Okay. Um, for the purposes of reality, it'd be difficult seeing as I've got the cracker in my hand and I'm sat in Birmingham and you're in Blockswitch. We're in Blockswitch. But we can try. Okay, you theoretically take one end of this. 
Got it. I got it. You got it. You got it yeah. firmly. Yeah. Are you cheating? Are you cheating by putting your forefinger and your thumb on the pull bit? Yeah. <laughs> At least you're honest. Okay, you ready? 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 Yeah. Oh, oh, pathetic! Right, who got that? Me or you? I don't know. No, you can That's have the, it. Oh, this, thank you. Yeah, this week. This week. Sorry, I got it last week. You can have it. Then. No, yeah. Oh, hang what's, on. What's what's the toy? I'll tell you after I've smelt the cracker. Mm. <sighs> Lucky I didn't faint. Right, you've got a purple hat. Okay. The same colour as my muff. <laughs> okay. Um, and hang on, let me. Where's my glasses? Let's see what you've got. What's a little puzzle? Help Santa find his lost reindeer. Navigate your way through the maze until you locate the reindeer. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. Nice. I'll save that for you. And there's a little joke. Okay. Who is Santa's favourite singer? Oh, I, I like don't this. Know. This is good. No idea? Oh, no? Elf is Presley. <laughs> Elf is Presley. I'll put the hat on. Hang on. Oh, there we go. You've ripped that. Did you hear, oh that. no, did you hear me rip it? Yeah. You, <laughs> you heard me. It's on me. my hat. I've just put it on my head anyway. Just a, <laughs> just a bit of scrumbled paper. Right, let's do Molly and Darren's Christmas cracker. What are you advocating this week? Well, it's the gardener's gift basket, oh, Molly. Great. The thing that everybody wants. I didn't. Go on. <laughs> The garden lover, for the garden lover, I should say. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate gift of a garden is gift basket. Oh, wait, hang on. We've begged about it so much, the music's <laughs> finished. Let me start it again. <laughs> hang on. Anyway, I'll start it again. Yeah, go ahead. So, for the garden lover, how yep. about the ultimate gift basket? Okay. Filled with the things they'll need to indulge their passion. Take a cheap terracotta pot, or even a reclaimed one, cheap. folks. Just like I did for Molly. Uh, give it a bit of a, you know, uh, a little bit of a clean and a tidy. Add some chalkboard paint and then you can pop a message on there. Fill it with the wonderful gardening essentials, like a small ball of gardening twine, some gloves, some plant labels, a pencil, and even, how about a few packets of out-of-date seeds? Nice. This is the perfect gift for anyone who loves to garden. You can get to choose what goes into your gardener's gift basket so you can customise it to the person that you are actually giving it to and actually to the budget that you can actually afford. All of the supplies are pretty cheap, but together they make a priceless gift for that gardener, the one you love. Oh, Darren, what's really good about this gift is... <laughs> You open you can it. Gift it on. <laughs> you open it and think that'll be great for Margaret next door. <laughs> <laughs> and then Margaret next door passes it to Dorothy at number five. Next That's year we go. Next goes to Mark in the next road along. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the seeds become out of date. <laughs> no, Darren. <laughs> it was the nicest, nicest thing though that you got me and also because you'd used the chalkboard paint on the recycled cheap terracotta pot you'd put molly on it which really, which really annoyed me because <laughs> <laughs> that really reduced the amount of people i could pass it on to just your friends call molly of which there are none <laughs> so i was really really peeved <laughs> 
just, yeah, I blacked it out. DM, gave, gave it to my friend Ollie. Ollie? <laughs> Jolly? Oh, or Wally? <laughs> Wally? Wally? Who would call... What's Wally short for? <laughs> Wally? I don't know. Wally? Who no, would call name. their baby a pure, Wally. innocent, newborn baby? Wally? Wally. <laughs> Hang on. <clears throat> Let me Google this. Hang on. What is Wally short for? It's Wally. Wally. I'm sure it's short for something. Wally, baby name meanings. Uh, Wally is a boy's name meaning Welshman, related to the old French name Wallace. Oh, there we are then. Wallace. Wallace. Wally. (laughs) (laughs) What what were we talking about that for? Because your pot had Molly on it and you were just thinking of gifting it off. There we go, to Wally. I don't know any To Wally, Wally. Dolly, (laughs) Polly. (laughs) Polly! We do know a Polly, don't we? We do know a Polly, yeah. Anyway, look, we were um, we're going mad. Let's get on to tree care. Yes. Now, maybe you were listening last week. Oh my goodness, the the tree hire company went very very well on the podcast last week, or last weekend, it being the first weekend of December. Although I know you won't be hearing this till till the seventh after. But um, if you did get your tree, whether you bought a pot grown tree or a inverted commas, pot-grown tree, one that's been dug up and shoved into a pot, or a real tree, or a stump. Shall we do some tree care, Darren? Now now trees are possibly going to be in for the next month or so. It's imperative that we look after them. So yeah. I know you've got some advice. Would you like a bit of music? Yes, please. Oh, this is nice. Oh, so Darren's Christmas tree care special. Go. So caring for your tree when once you get it home, folks. So basically, keep it outside in a cool, shaded place, preferably standing in water if it's a if it's a stump, you know, if it's a tree that you bought with a stump. Leave it there for a day or so before actually moving it indoors. If they're in, if it's in a pot, folks, then again keep it outside. Perhaps give it a little bit of water, but for a stump, definitely keep it in a cool, shaded place at least for a day before moving it indoors. Before you. Take Take it in uh, for the stump, cut half an inch off the butt of the stump itself. This will open up its pores because the stump will have sealed itself. So what you want to do is open up its pores because you want it to be able to suck up moisture. Stand it then in, in some boiling water again to open up those pores for about half an hour if you can do. You don't have to keep boiling the water. Just boil the water, pop the, pop the tree in there and then leave it in there for about half an hour. Mount it in water holding stand or wedge it into a bucket with pebbles. Small stones can be popped in or it can be screwed up. Screwed up newspaper can also be used and then place it away from any direct heat sources. Really you want them in the corner of the room furthest away from radiators or, um, you know, fires, any sort of thing that you might have that's direct heat. Add some beer to the mix, Red Bull or gone-off lemonade for sugar and a couple of capfuls of vodka. Not the best stuff, folks. Uh, use the cheap stuff. You can have the best stuff while you're doing this, we'll, which will help keep those water networks open. So those pores, that's what this stuff will actually do. Plus, it'll feed your tree. Keep the container topped up with water every day. You will be surprised how much your tree will drink, whether it's in a pot and potted as a real tree or whether it's just a stump. It actually guzzles up that water. Now, the big final thing to say is if it starts to lose its needles, do not spray with hairspray, folks. It's flammable. 
It's not good for the environment and can be a massive, massive fire hazard. So if you want a tree that doesn't lose its needles, always go for the Nordman fir. Nordman firs traditionally will hang on to their uh, needles for at least two to three weeks. They're a bit more expensive than uh, your cheaper trees, but actually uh, you only get what you buy at the end of the day. So if you want a tree that will hold on to its needles for at least two to three weeks then go for the Nordman fir and that's how to care for your trees whether they're potted or whether actually you've bought a tree that's just been cut at the base and it's just a stump stump I like that word stump what's in your living room what are you looking at as a mm, we haven't got anything up at the moment I'm sorry what no no nothing no Porque. humbug Por- humbug Porque no. what humbug Oh, I know. What you mean by humbug is Mrs. Darren hasn't done it yet. Well, I've had a word. (laughs) She's got the the unions involved. When uh, when will you... You are going to have a tree. Yeah, we're probably going to do it this weekend. We've got a plastic one because I think it's more sustainable. Me too. And I don't want to go and buy a tree uh, that's been cut. Same. A stump. And we haven't really got the room for a tree that's actually real uh, to keep. So that's why we've got a plastic tree. That's my excuse anyway. No, same. I'm the same. Yeah, good. (laughs) The only downside is the smell. You don't get the real Christmas tree smell, but you can get essential oils. Yeah. Watched, uh, had the fire on last night and watched the Longleat Christmas illumination special, sort of what they do at Longleat. And their Christmas tree... I know I talk about this every single year. It's just how I feel. They were talking about, well, they had the forestry, sort of head of forestry on, choosing the long leech Christmas tree. And these things, you know, like a decades old, well, maybe 10, 20 years old. And they chose the most magnificent tree and they put this little label on it that it was going to be felled. And I thought, oh, you poor little tree. And they cut the tree down. I had to fast forward the bit through, you know, when they chainsawed it down. I feel so sorry for them. Chainsawed it down, put it on the back of a low loader, drove it to the house. The guy on the crane lifted it up, dropped it, snapped it. It went in the bin and they had to go and choose another one. No. I was, oh, no, this poor tree. Why not just decorate it there and then? I would. I'd have just, yeah, I'd have just like cable tied the top back on and carried on. But no, they, I think they just binned it, which is a shame. So plastic, as much as, you know, we vilify plastic, as long as you keep them, as long as you don't change your your plastic tree every year, it's more sustainable. I don't know. There's such an argument. There's pros and cons for real and plastic, isn't there, Darren? Well, it's like lawnmowers, you know. What? um, uh, Well, lawnmowers. Everybody's saying we should, you know, basically do away with petrol lawnmowers Mm, because mm. of the damage they do to the environment and all this sort of stuff. And you should have battery lawnmowers and all this. But actually, uh, if you've got a petrol lawnmower, don't feel bad about it. As long as you keep it for 20 years, it's, it's sustainable, isn't it? You know, and you have it serviced and it's looked after and it's it's maintained, then that's still quite sustainable, folks. It's still very, very uh, sustainable because uh, batteries are not all, all too sustainable when you have to get rid of them. Yes, we do need to move to energy systems that are not fossil fuel based, but if you've got if you've got an old lawnmower that you've had for ten to fifteen years, well, actually, that's quite sustainable yeah. for me. I haven't seen my lawnmower in uh, months. Yeah, you extended no mo may, didn't you? No mo may, no yeah. mo may. It's December. To never, never mo, <laughs> never mo ever again. <laughs> dot com. And I think that's great. No, I think do that's you? brilliant. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because you know, 
Sincerely, there's a time and a place, isn't there? Yeah. You know. No time, no place. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we do our final question? Yes. And then we've got jobs for the week ahead, and then I shall release you. Release! Uh, release Please you. release me, let, let me go. go. We've had no singing on the podcast for ages. No, I know. I have to apologise for the Happy Garden Podcast house band, which has yeah, been out. what's happened to him? I don't know. He's still, you know, he's still in bed. Is he? Yeah, it's five past one. This time? <laughs> the what have you done to him? <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> really, he's had a very, very long weekend. Do you know, God love him. I wonder oh. if he's awake. I might shout him in a minute. He went up to, uh, to Scotland on Friday. Yeah. To go and liberate, he did pay for them, he didn't steal them, to liberate 2,000 commercial hens out Good of a, God. yeah, like you know, wow. what we used to call ex, you know, battery hens. So uh, he uh, he went up to Peebles, <laughs> seven hours it took him to get to Peebles, and then paid the farmer, got out a couple of thousand chickens who were then, this was Friday, so it was really, really cold, and then on Saturday he rehomed them in Lancashire. Oh my and God. then drove back home. And then he was working yesterday as well, so he's really, really, really tired. Shall I give him a shout? Maybe he's dead. <laughs> Shall I? <laughs> Do you know, there's me thinking he's having a lion. It's five past one in the afternoon. Shall I check he's alive? Yeah, Can just you imagine? check he's alive. Yeah, just imagine this could be a world first <laughs> oh on a podcast. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> if he's asleep, he'll kill me. Say, has he got his pants on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love him. He's in my dressing gown in the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't hear him come down. <laughs> he looks so cute. He's in your dressing gown. He is, yeah, in a little pink dressing gown in the kitchen. I, I, I'd question that, Molly. I'm, I was shouting up the stairs and he was behind me. That's really weird. I didn't he's hear not, him come down. not wearing your slippers as well, are they? Those I little pink know. fluffy ones. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not going to call him back again, but as, as long as he's alive, that's fine. Do you often worry if you know if you don't hear from someone for a while? What, you know, what if they're dead? I thought you were going to ask another question then. I thought you were going to. Do you often wear your wife's clothing? Oh. <laughs> what? Seeking what? <laughs> Where that came from, Tara? Well, he's wearing your dressing gown, isn't he? Oh, nothing. He must be starving. What are you eating? Is it even worth me asking what you're eating today? I've made the most cracking jilly gom. <laughs> Jilly gone car, yes, brilliant. <laughs> Jilly's gone carny. <laughs> Jilly's gone barmy. <laughs> Jilly's gone barmy. <laughs> it is cracking though. Sorry, Jilly. <laughs> it is a cracking chili gone barmy. <laughs> is it worth me asking what you're eating today? No, it's not know. worth it. I've not had the menu yet. Jesus, you don't get a menu, Darren. She does it every day. She does yeah. not do you a, you a menu. Written menu, yeah. <laughs> She'll get up, you know, and we'll have breakfast and say, what do you want for tea? And I'll go, I don't know. <laughs> Food? <laughs> get. Right, we're nearly finished. Let's move on. Right, well, we're nearly done, Darren, so you can go and, <laughs> you can go and see what's 
for tea shortly. We've only got one more email, and that is from Samantha. In fact, actually, this is on Christmas tree. Care, I know you've just finished your slot. This is a really interesting one, though. Enjoyed your bit, Molly and Darren, last week with the firm who grew and hired out Christmas trees. I'd already bought my tree when I heard it. I've got a tree in a pot and it wasn't cheap. I paid £40 from a local greengrocer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now it's home. I'm not sure the tree grew in the pot that it's in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, I'm sorry. It... <laughs> I don't know what I'm laughing at. But I don't know what it. I'm laughing at either. <laughs> it doesn't quite fit. Yeah. And there's air holes. Good. <laughs> Darren, I'm sorry. Oh, ridiculous. I'm now not sure what to do. Now, if I want to grow it in a pot, I need to repot, but I've no idea on what size or what compost to use. I want to give it the best chance of surviving for next year. Thanks in advance for any advice. And that is from Samantha. Well, Samantha, if you bought this tree and you're not happy with it, advice number one is take it back. You know, take it back to your local greengrocers and tell them you're not happy with it. You know, we're British, aren't we? And for our international listeners, us British don't tend to yeah, complain. we're shy. Uh, we're quite shy about going back and complaining. But you've bought something. I mean, it's, it's like the same as buying anything else. You know, if you bought a car and it broke down, you'd take it back, wouldn't you? You know, uh, within the first sort of six months, you'd want your money back or and it's something the same, doing to it. Same sort of advice as the uh, poinsettia, keep your receipt. Yeah, keep your receipt. If you don't want to do that, then uh, pot it up to the next size pot. So you want the next size pot, and it's literally a couple of inches around the root ball that you've actually got. So if you measure the root ball, and then you want the next size up from the uh, in diameter, so measure the root ball in diameter, and then it's the next size up, and it's a couple of inches, and then use John in his compost. You want loam-based compost, and loam is soil, so it's soil-based. So you want John in his number two or even John in his number three and then you can pot it up and pop, pop it into another pot. That's what I would do because I think what's actually happened to this tree is it has been planted into the pot at some point in time and then it's decided, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's pot-bound and it's trying to get out of the pot, okay? So it's actually pot-bound. So actually that's what you need to do is you need to pop it into a bigger pot and it'd be far happier for you. And as long as those needles are green and haven't gone brown, then you've got a really, really viable tree that you can use time and time and time again for Christmas. There you go. hope that helps. Job done. Darren, I do have a concern reading between the lines of Samantha's question, and I know that this does happen in some unscrupulous outlets. If someone says it's pot-grown and it isn't, it has been dug up, and you've talked in years gone by, if you cut the taproot, you will yeah. have affected the tree? Yeah, definitely. They will die. It's as simple as that. So, What is um, the taproot? Uh, well, taproot is this long, long root uh, that actually searches for um, food So and uh, provides that basic anchorage uh, as a young tree. So as a sapling, mm. they send a taproot down. It's very, very difficult to get that out of the ground when once the tree has started to establish itself. So most trees do it. You get this long taproot. And then we, what we do when we dig it out of the ground, uh, and we can't help it, is we snap it. That's its food supply basically gone. 
There are feeder roots on the side, but the main tap root is the biggest thing, especially for young, young trees. So if they have been dug up and potted, yes, there's uh, uh, sometimes you'll get them through, but you'll easily tell. Tap it out of its pot, and if the compost falls away from the root ball, then basically that plant has been potted. Yeah. into that pot if it's got a good root system and you can see the root system and the compost holds together that plant has been container grown so it's been grown actually in that container or has been in that container long enough to make a, a really viable root system for you to move on with and grow as a plant and darren we ought to mention you know you should well you do know your rights as a consumer if you have concerns that that tree has been dug up and put in a pot and sold as pot grown and you don't think it has been, take it back. Keep your receipt, yeah. take it back. Take it back and if it's a larger retailer, you know, garden centre and you don't get the right response when you take it back, go to Raise the ombudsman. <laughs> go to the ombudsman. No, simple. You know, you, you've got statutory rights. Yeah. British standards uh, totally and utterly cover you. Okay, it's called uh, British Standard 9363. Uh, there you go. Look it up for yourself and then all your rights are there, folks, and that's all you need to quote to them. And I had somebody do this quite recently. One of the learners oh, yeah. um, had five trees delivered to them, not Christmas trees, but they had five trees delivered to them um, that they wanted to plant in the garden and they were absolutely terrible. She showed me the pictures yeah. and she went back to the company and she got some flannel off them to begin with uh, then she spoke to me again and I gave her the regulations to quote at them and guess what within five days she had five brand spanking new trees Brilliant. delivered and there you go this time of year trees especially poinsettias keep that receipt Darren that's us practically done wow that was quick wasn't it was it? quick today we were getting ever so efficient at this, you know, Molly Green. Talking of which, now, the week after Christmas, you and I, we've both got visitors, so we're going to have to make it a, a valid but brief podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just, a, just a touch base. <laughs> just a touch base. So we're going to record it on, what, 27th to be released on the Friday after Christmas. Yeah. But it'll be shorter than normal. No one will mind, I'm sure. But, we yeah, touch base, just to let you know that we're thinking about you over Christmas. Yeah. What are you doing for Christmas? Have you got family over? We've got all the family round and just going to have a big family meal. Of course, we've got my new little granddaughter. Lenora, yeah. And How's she doing? doing? She's fab. She's doing fab. She's really, really good. You know, you never know she had a heart problem. Not at all. And she's smiling and gurgling and giggling now and all this sort of stuff, kicking her feet and full of the joys of life. That's well, what she is. There will be people listening to the podcast who maybe listen didn't listen to us on the BBC over the last uh, year or so, who won't know about Lenora and her heart problem. Oh, yeah. She was born with a heart defect and had to have uh, major heart surgery um, within two weeks of um, popping into this world. They so, knew, uh, didn't they, but prior yeah. to her birth that yeah. she had so a problem. Yeah, so everything was prepared. Yeah. And I have to say, Birmingham Children's Hospital, just can't thank you enough. And, you know, I owe you a real debt of gratitude because how someone has done this yeah. on such a small child... Because she was tiny when she was born. She couldn't have been um, any smaller. No, I really, really can't fathom it. But, yeah. you know, it's, and it's, it's our Christmas miracle. That's what it is, Molly oh. Green. It really is our Christmas miracle that we've got this bubbly bundle of joy. Well, she's not so small anymore. Her feet have grown. No, she's done. <laughs> she can't, she, this is the problem when she was born. She's a tiny baby with massive feet. So, um, She'll I think be a it's supermodel. a rudge trait. <laughs> Yeah, you've got big feet, Darren. I've got big feet. Have you? I didn't know that about you. Size 11s. Wow. So there you go. Big feet. 
You know what they say. What do they say? <laughs> I'm not sure. Big feet, small nose. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, it's fantastic that you've got all the family over for Christmas, as have I. So, as I say, a, a shorter podcast Christmas week, but we will still. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We'll be here. Now, this podcast is nearly over. Number 14, the amount of phalanges you've got in your foot. <laughs> Shall we finish with some jobs for the week ahead? Yes. Oh, I say, you can tell it's getting close to Christmas. Darren's got his festive music out for the Happy Garden podcast jobs of the week. Go on, Darren. Tell us what to do. Go on, Darren. Well... Your greenhouse and your houseplants, folks, reduce watering. They don't need to be watered now. They're actually having a little bit of a rest. I've done all this stuff for you through the uh, the summer months and the spring, so uh, stop reducing that water. You can actually risk, risk getting grey mould disease, which you don't want because it'll just go right the way through your glass house. So ventilate on a dry, sunny day. That's the other thing you can do. And keep those tender plants off the ground on a bench and give them some good... Good light. Wash down the glass and the polythene as well to increase light transmission at this time of year. Remember, light is low in the sky now, so as much light as you can get in there will improve your plant's health as well. Overground plants can be cut back and divided right now, and fruit tree pruning and planted can be carried out. Apart from plums and cherries, remember, we don't <coughs> prune those at this time of year. And that's it for this week, really, Molly. Darren, that's it. Us done. For podcast number 14. Wow, podcast number 14. Yeah. And it was only two podcasts ago yeah. that we did podcast 12 three <laughs> months in. Well worked out, Darren. How quick that's gone. <laughs> it's only four ago we realised we were in double figures. Yes. Yeah. How about that? Mm. God, it's gone ever so quick. I'm not sure what we're doing next week. Normally at this juncture of the Happy Garden podcast, we do a look ahead to podcast 15. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. It's a Christmas surprise. It'll be a Christmas we'll open surprise. that um, calendar door, won't we, next Ooh, week? Have you got one? I had, um, hang on, hang on, let, let me think, let me think. I had a wreath. I had a Christmas wreath oh. for door number five. This yeah. We've got a cheese one. <laughs> have you? A cheese <laughs> yeah. advent calendar? Yeah, cheese advent calendar. So you, yeah, so you open, open every day. And today wow. it was Danish blue. Ooh. It smells like smelly socks. Oh, that sounds delightful. Do you open it in the morning or in the yeah, afternoon when you've had your in tea? The in the morning. In the morning. In the morning, but there's just enough for a couple of crackers. Oh, that j- cracker, cracker. That sounds delightful. Now I'm vegan. The one thing I miss is cheese. Vegan oh. cheese. Oh, it's disgusting. Just doesn't cut it's the disgusting. Mustard. Oh, that sounds divine. <laughs> enjoy tonight. I shall go and enjoy my Jillian's gone balmy. <laughs> go and make sure my husband's functioning. Well, I'll enjoy- just. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. I'll, I'm just going to go and check the menu to see what's uh, oh, what's sorry. being done today. How many options do you have? Oh, oh there is two for um, two. Start, starter, mm. um, two for main course, Unbelievable. and then there's always a couple of puddings. Really rude. 
Well, you go and check your menu. At least, um, at least she's got a Jaguar oh, for, her, yes. for her trouble. Yes. Yeah. Jaguar. <laughs> so what are you doing this week, our Dazzler? Once you and I are done, that's it for another seven days. You got anything exciting planned? Well, I'm still teaching, so I've got another two weeks of teaching mm. still left to do. So after we're done here, I'm going to have my lunch, whatever that might be. And then... Um, when do you break up, though, from teaching? Is it what, mid... December? Yeah, I think it's week beginning the 19th, is it? And that's Something you like done. That. That's year. it, done. Yeah. Done, finished. Nice. Job done. Yeah. Uh, but we're actually getting some really, really uh, technical stuff with our Level 3 students, talking about biosecurity and things like that. What's that mean? Well, it's it's how how you keep your garden, um, and uh, these people um, are quite professional that I actually teach. So I've got um, a head gardener from the Royal Parks uh, in, as as one of my students, yeah. and uh, other head gardeners are in there from uh, local houses and trusts and things like that. So it's looking after the areas that they've actually got, and making sure that pests and diseases can't come in. Or um, if they've already got pest and secure uh, diseases, they can't get out. So yeah. it's, it's basically it's all those policies and things like that and how to protect themselves. So it's quite fascinating, actually. We must do a slot on it at, at some particular point in time because there's it? loads of regi- legislation. Wait a second. We haven't had the diary out in a couple of weeks. Here it is. Yeah, yeah then we'll do, we'll do some uh, biosecurity in the next few weeks. Because it, it really does matter to the to the uh, ordinary gardener. It yeah. really does matter. Okay, I'll jot that down. We have so much to do in 2024, Darren. So yeah. much to do. Uh, for now, though, I guess that's it. Adieu, goodbye. Thank you very much for your advice. I've enjoyed today's podcast. As always, a pleasure. A total and utter pleasure. Come on, pleasure. You know? Shall I leave you to do the strangulated, slightly strange goodbye? Okay. Happy gardening, folks. Bye! You've been listening to Molly Green and Darren Roach. If you'd like to get in touch with them, email thehappygardenpodcast at gmail.com or follow them on social media. Just search for The Happy Garden Podcast. Tune in next week for another edition. And as Molly Green would always say, Happy gardening! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, sorry. Happy gardening.